Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, Wyndham Championship Round 2 Recap. Joining me as he does every Friday evening, it's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? Love Friday evenings. I love the Turbo Pod idea. Uh, let's get it rolling. What, what a weekend we're, uh, we have in front of us. Yeah, we're going Turbo Pod because coverage has changed for tomorrow. 7 to 9 a.m. are the tee times off split tees because there is weather in Greensboro. So don't forget, free live stream will be from 11 a.m to 2 p.m. Eastern. You can find it on all platforms where you would normally find coverage. So that's CBS Sports mobile app, cbssports.com, CBS Sports Connected TV app, Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV, and Chromecast. Greg, it is going to be a wild weekend because everyone in the field is essentially within seven shots of the lead. Four guys tied at the top. Let's go through them very quickly. Taylor Gooch, a pair of 65s, his first time posting multiple 65s in a PGA Tour event. Uh, he's been playing great golf, uh, not just this week, but he's been playing great this season. Yeah, I, I think he's a guy whose chances you really got to like so far. I mean, he's he's hitting the ball quite nicely, especially off the tee and into the greens. And he's doing maybe a little bit more than he'd like putting, but he's eighth in putting for the week. So it's been a really solid uh, couple days for Taylor Gooch. You mentioned him on the recap pod after round one. I don't know what his odds were then, but he's now 20 to one. Can I interest you in any of that? Um, I, look, he's not my favorite guy of the top four for the rest of the week. I thought he was going to have a, a really good day today, which he did. Um, so, but the guy that I'm looking at, Rick, is, I, I mean, and you, I'm sure you'll second this with numbers. I, I, there are two plays here for me. One is Billy Horschel, who's a proven winner. Right? He's, he's having a great week putting, but he is a great putter. That's his fingerprint. But he's a winner. And you look at this group, and Siwoo Kim has won the players, but he hasn't won a FedEx Cup like Billy Horschel. So Billy Horschel is the experienced guy I'm looking at. But the statistics are pointing towards Tom Hoagie, who until, you know, as of last week, Tiger Woods didn't even know who he was. So <laughs> it, um, and he has looked really good, as you know. Um, he, he's doing great off the tee, first off the tee. And he's, he's 78th in putting. So you look at the guys that are kind of set to have a better day over the weekend, and Tom Hoagie's the guy leading the stat model, don't you think? Tom Hoagie is the guy leading the stat model. He is a basically about field average on the greens. He's lapping the other three in strokes gained tee to green, but the majority of that coming around the greens, which is, it's okay. He chipped in on 16 on Thursday, which makes up a, a pretty significant chunk of the, these around the green numbers. So yes, if you're looking just statistical wise, without talking about, you know, it's Billy Horschel season, uh, without talking about Siwoo Kim, who's won this golf tournament before, without talking about anything else, Hoagie is that guy. Uh, but Siwoo is, is lurking. I mean, nine to one, he's won this event. He finished what fifth place last year. There's yeah. Something, and he, he, you know he's he feeling likes. it, right? 
he played great last week too, which was kind of the the first time we've seen Siwoo Kim get back in the mix. So he's definitely trended in the right direction and a player to watch out for. But Rick, I mean, look at how many guys are in the mix. I mean, is there a number that you think is too far back to over two rounds, uh, two basically two morning rounds to get yourself back in the mix? Man, not not really. Uh, I mean, like four back, five back. That's basically everybody in the field. It's basically yeah. everybody in the field. Yeah, I'm not I mean, sure look, if you're seven back, that may be a lot to make up with the scoring, with as many guys as bunched as they are. But you got to figure if you're at five under par and you shoot, you know, a, a nice 10 under weekend, 15 under weekend, you're going to get yourself in the mix. And that's out there. Really soft greens this weekend. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, there's a 61 out there. There is a 61 out there for somebody to go out and get. Okay, so of those top four, you like Hoagie, uh, right? Am I, I don't want to put words in your yeah, mouth. Hoagie, Horschel, I, I would say I, I'm kind of in the middle. I could go either way on those. Um, but I'd probably, if I had to choose one, I'd go with Horschel. Okay, Hoagie's 25-1 to 1 on Will Hill right now. I'll take that. No respect for yeah. the guy without a PGA Tour victory. Still lurking, though, a couple of bigger names. Webb Simpson, who I got to tell you, Greg, I don't think he played all that well. He shoots back-to-back 66s, and he's two shots off the lead, just as everybody kind of expected him to be. Uh, yeah, he's right where you'd want him to be. He's two back, and he's, he's the class of the field. And he's right there in position. And you said it, Rick. He hasn't done anything – uh, I mean, he's look, he's hitting his irons well. He's 12th in that category, but he's 23rd around the green. He's 31st in putting. He's not a- excelling in any one area, which when you're only two back of the lead, that you're a hot putter away from entering the final round with a three-shot lead. And you're Webb Simpson, and you're the one of the best players in the world. And uh, definitely, at least now, for sure, the best player in the field. He did the thing uh, that he did on Sunday at RBC Heritage, which is like for the first seven to 10 holes, he was stuck in neutral, couldn't make a putt, and then he figured out a way to make enough birdies coming in to keep himself in this. It's very impressive stuff. Even more impressive, Harris English, who is uh, currently in a tie for fifth, played his first five holes two over, including a double on 14 because he played his second nine. He played the back nine first. And then, oh, by the way, coming in, he shoots a five under 30. Unbelievably impressive stuff to get that. That was an early morning round from Harris English. Harris has been a guy uh, coming into the week. He was quite a popular pick and for good reason. He's been playing great coming in. For me, I've been watching a lot of Harris English on, uh, you know, the, the spreadsheet off the, the shot tracker lines, just yep. seeing what happened. But I hadn't seen a whole lot of him in actual coverage. Well, this week I've seen some Harris English and that, I mean, it's no surprise that he's able to kind of turn the tide after being too over par because he's so confident and he's swinging so well. His golf swing is in a beautiful spot right now. And it reminds me of when he kind of first came out on tour and when he first got going. It is so pure. He is, I would say, of the guys that are not in the lead, um, he and Webb are kind of head-to-head, which is saying a lot because Webb Simpson, as I said twice already today, one of the best players in the world. Certainly is. Uh, Shane Lowry has turned the tide a little bit because uh, he hasn't been good. I mean, let's be real. He has not been good since he won the Open Championship. He's popped up just a handful of times on the first page of the leaderboard. Now currently 11-1 to to win this golf tournament after shooting a 63 on Friday. Now just one shot off the lead. 
Well, if you're in the uh, betting space, it's hard not to like a guy who's won a major championship. It's very easy to say for Shane Lowry, okay, he's been there. For me, I don't have a lot of trust right now because of what you said. That we, we haven't seen – he hasn't been great. So where has he been? What are we going to get over the weekend? I, I'm not really – I don't really have a, a, my finger on the pulse with Shane Lowry. I don't really know what to do with him. Harold Varner the third is twelve to one. I would make the case he played pretty terrible. But with that being said, I think it's a good thing because it's really hard to back up a sixty-two on Thursday with something else really low. He goes out and shoots a sixty-nine, one under par, keeps himself in contention, and he lost two and a quarter strokes putting on Friday. There was a lid on the cup for Harold Varner the third. I actually. You know, scar tissue and all that stuff aside, I like the way he projects into the weekend. A big advantage tomorrow morning for Harold to go out in the morning. Uh, I, I do. I think that's going to be really important for him. It relieves a little bit of pressure. It feels a little bit different. You're not going to feel like you're in the final group on Saturday of a, of a tournament. So in the step of a learning curve, tomorrow's round could really give Harold some confidence heading into Sunday. And look, this is no surprise. The guy's been playing some great golf this year. He's put himself in this position a number of times now, not just this year, but over the past couple of years. And it's time for him to take the next step. And we're going to get, you know, a lot of our questions about Harold on Sunday with a chance to win are going to get answered this weekend. So I look forward to it. I think Harold is definitely going to be in the mix heading into the weekend. And um, this would be a, a, a fitting place for him, you know, kind of a hometown game for him to, to break the lid off and, and get his win. It wouldn't be a first cup pod if we did not praise Sung JM, who goes out and shoots a six under 64 on Friday. Started the day essentially what the what the current cut was on Thursday, or excuse me, on Friday morning. Goes out, shoots a, a, a brilliant round. Unfortunately, he bogeyed 18. He actually made two bogeys in his last, what, five holes, but still gets in in a 64. This is the Sung J we saw before the break. I'll ask you, Rick, is he back? Um, yeah, I hope so. No, I mean, I, I, I absolutely hope he is. He hit his irons beautifully on Friday, which now we're, we're from tee to green. He's been great this week. That has been the issue. So I'm going to say, yes, he went home. He got a hard reboot. They updated, upgraded his operating system, you know, to the next version. He's <laughs> all good. I'm going to say Sung Jay's back. I love it. You heard it here first on the first cut podcast. Sung Jae is back on the 14th of August. Uh, we're going to talk about guys who did not make the cut, who are not going to be playing this weekend. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Here we go. Uh, Brooks Kepka, a guy that we have heaped tons of praise on, a guy that I have shown t- you know ton of concerns about. He's going to miss the cut. And this is st- six straight weeks that he played. And, and Greg, you know this. If you're an elite player on the PGA Tour, for you to play six straight weeks, it is rare. And you really only do it out of a few things, either desperation or necessity. And it might be out of necessity for Brooks right now, who is on the outside looking in. If we were to head to East Lake right now, he's got some work to do in the FedEx Cup playoffs, but his game, uh, it's, it's not there or it wasn't there this week. You know, it's interesting with Brooks, we get a lot of, and, and largely because of words that he said, he only cares about major championships. That's where the narrative lies with Brooks Kepka. But he said something very interesting to me, and I've heard a lot of this this week, and Eastlake is a big goal for these guys. They, they want to make it to Eastlake. The FedEx Cup points 
are they're not the FedEx Cup playoffs. It's not a major championship. It's not on that level, but it's a measure of success. And if you compete for a living and you're going up against a bunch of guys who compete for a living, there's a ranking system and it's called the FedEx Cup, uh, the, the FedEx Cup points list. And Brooks is not happy with his position. And he alluded to this after the round. He said, look, I'm one week away from getting to Eastlake. And that's basically why he played this week. I'm surprised. I'm not sure it's a great decision. I'm not sure we can trust those words. But um, it's a very interesting story with Brooks Kepka playing this many weeks in a row. Maybe there's a sign that he's, uh, you know, coming around on regular PGA Tour events. Maybe he's a little more motivated in these events, although the game may not be there. He's, uh, I, I think he seems motivated to get the game back in shape, which, look, Brooks is, uh, it, he's good to have in the game. So I, I think that's a great thing. Seemingly, we're going to see him for nine straight weeks because he's, to he's told us he's playing every event. Uh, he's feeling tired. He's nowhere near 100%. So we'll see how Brooks can, uh, can handle it for the rest of the season. And Justin Rose, uh, a popular pick uh, this week. He, he played well last week at the PGA Championship. We shared concerns about how he did it. The putter was scorching hot. Uh, he essentially played himself out of this in the first 20 holes. I mean, he made... He actually made six birdies in his final 12 or 13 holes on Friday, but it just too little too late. He was, he was toes up by then. My boss told me a story that reminded me of Justin Rose. He was talking to Raymond Floyd a number of years ago, and Raymond Floyd said to him, there are two things that don't last. Dogs that chase cars and pros that putt for pars. And Justin Rose right now is putting for a lot, way too many pars. There's something going on with that golf swing. I don't know what it is, but the PGA Championship success was sheer willpower. And it just, it's not going to last. It, we, he showed us that at the U.S. Open last year. He was, uh, I, I, I want to say he was leading heading into the final day, but he just wasn't hitting enough greens. And on Sunday, it, it, it came through. Um, in the results, and it's happened again this week. So with Justin Rose, he's got to get the ball striking figured out a little bit because you just can't rely on your short game and putting uh, to get you in contention event after event after event. There it is, Turbo Pod, because we are going early on Saturday morning. Your final reminder, CBS coverage, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. online at cbssports.com, CBS Sports mobile app, CBS All Access, and the CBS Sports app. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at TheRealGFD. This has been The First Cut, and we'll catch you next time.